Break out the brooms. The Twins sweep the athletics at Target Field. Lots of breakdown on today's episode of Lockdown Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Sunday, May 8th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Yes, I'm updating my spreadsheet as we speak. The Twins are 18 and 11. Again, I'm Nash Walker. I've been writing at Twins Daily for over two years, been hosting this podcast for over two years. This is season four at Twins Daily in season three on the podcast. So excited to update the spreadsheet today. And we're going to talk about the spreadsheet. We're going to talk about the twin sweeping of the athletics at Target Field this weekend. I'm going to start you off with some stats here. The twins have won 14 of their last 17 games. During that stretch, they're 7-0 in one-run games, and they're 9-0 at Target Field. Swept three straight series at Target Field over the White Sox, the Tigers, the Athletics. This is one of the best stretches of Twins baseball we've seen in the last handful of years. 2019, of course, the beginning especially, had a great stretch. They started 40-18. and 18. The Twins are not there yet. They're 18-11. and 11. But this is a great run. They started 4-8. and eight. They've won 14 of their last 17, and now they're 18-11 and, and still in first place. The Sox have won six in a row and made up not much ground at all on the Twins during that stretch. Just a couple games, the Twins lost to the Orioles, but... This is great to see. And in those in that stretch, 14 of 17, the Twins are 10 and 2 when Byron Buxton starts. And you're going to see that stark difference. Buxton did not start today, has a hip problem. Sounds like he will be back on Tuesday for the Twins against Houston, which is, I mean, we're just dodging Buxton bullets, you know, with his injuries. And I feel like that's going to happen a lot. But as long as it's not keeping him out for a super extended period, he's going to miss games. We know that. Like a great. Not a great, but a reasonable outcome for Byron Buxton this year would be like 100 or 110 games. That's that's a reasonable outcome. He's, he hasn't played anywhere near that since 2017. He did play 81. I think he had exactly 81 in 2019 before he ran into the wall in Miami on August. I think it was on August 1st. But since then, shortened season in 2020, missed some time in an already shortened season. And then last year played 61 games. So if you can get 100, 110 games and he's healthy at the end of the year, that's a good outcome for the Twins. And he's absolutely going to provide a ton of value for you. He probably will be the most valuable twin, even on a winning team, if he plays 100 games because he's that good. But didn't play today. Neither did Carlos Correa. And this is the athletics. Like, this is a great part of the schedule for the Twins to be. It's never good to have injuries. But if they're going to have injuries, it should be at this part of the schedule, this part of the year. Because it's an easy schedule right now. We know May is their easiest month. This is one of their easiest series of the year at home against Oakland. And what do they do? They take care of business. They win all three. And especially important because they only split with Baltimore at Camden Yards, a four-game series. So I had them going three and one at Camden and winning two out of three from the A's. So it's an equal five and two week. That's a that's a really solid week. And I'll looking back, week one, if you go Sunday, Monday to Sunday, week one, they were one and two right out of the gate. Week two, they were two and four. Bad start. Week three, five and two. Week four, five and one, and then this past week, five and two, have really turned it on. That's 15 out of their last 20 as well. And the bullpen's been absolutely tremendous. They've had some 
contributions from guys you didn't expect to get at this point. Backups, the depth of the roster. Royce Lewis made a great play today at short. Uh, Jose Moreno's in the lineup. It's an RBI double today. Trevor Larnick was was going very well before he went on the injured list with a groin strain. So contributions from parts of the lineup you didn't expect to get it from. But this bullpen today with Chris Paddock leaving with right elbow inflammation, that is not good. Hashtag not good for Chris Paddock. Hopefully we find out that it's just a stinger or something not serious. But he had a UCL issue last year in his elbow. This is concerning for Chris Paddock. The bullpen stepped in when Paddock left, and Cody Stashak immediately gave up a double, but then shut it down. Eight eight hitters in a row he set down. And then the rest of the group getting big double plays, getting big strikeouts, making plays defensively. This bullpen has gotten it done. And I've I've said over and over, I think it's the biggest weakness on the roster is the back end of the bullpen. That can quickly change with injuries in the rotation. Paddock goes down, they lose another starter, their another their weaknesses is the rotation. And then if you lose Buxton or you lose Correa, their biggest weakness is the you know middle of the order. Things change as the year goes on. But recently I've thought it was the bullpen. And Emilio Pagan has not been good, but he's gotten the outs when he needs to. I thought that last one was going to drop in off the bat of Christian Pache, but Polanco got out there, made the catch, and the game ended. Pagan's had some good fortune. He's made some good pitches. You don't want to put yourself in that spot over and over and over and over again where you're walking the bases full or walking runners into scoring position. Eventually, it's going to bite you in one-run games, but he's getting the big outs. The bullpen's getting the big outs. And I think someone who's been incredibly impressive, especially with Buxton being out, because when you lose Buxton, you lose so much offensively. He's your most potent hitter, and you lose so much defensively. You're losing the best in the world at a premium position defensively. So his backup has to fill in some of that void, and I think that's why Hilberto Celestino made this team because he can fill in that void defensively. But recently, he's really filled it in offensively. Tallied three hits today. I think he looks really comfortable at the plate, which is an amazing sign for him. And I I don't know if Celestino's ceiling reaches beyond a fourth outfielder, but he could fill that role and be one of the best fourth outfielders in baseball. That's super valuable, especially for a team whose best player is a center fielder who's often injured. To have Celestino on the roster, to have him, perform the way he has defensively and offensively on the base pass. It's it's a special player to have right now, Celestino. He made a bad throw in the ninth, should have thrown to second and threw to third. But overall, Celestino, compared to last year, it's been night and day for him at the major league level. I'm not surprised. He's really talented. He's a great defender. He's a 60-grade defender as a prospect. And now at the plate is also getting on the board, not striking out very much, walking a little bit, hitting for some power. Alberto Celestino has been uh, a revelation so far for the Twins, a revelation, I should say. Let's look at the spreadsheet after this word from, who do we got today? BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and upcoming horse races. How crazy was the Kentucky Derby? You can get involved in the Preakness and the Belmont at BetOnline. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Now podcast recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. It's spreadsheet time, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoy this. 
for those who don't know, and if you're not watching on YouTube, here is the spreadsheet. This is a spreadsheet I have made. I made this before the season that maps out how the Twins can reach 90 wins. I know that seems optimistic, but maybe not anymore at 18 and 11 that they could reach 90 this year because 90, I assume, is going to be enough to make the playoffs. I think 90 is the sweet spot. Even with three wildcard teams, I think you still need to find a way to win 90 games. The American League looks a little bit deeper this year. We'll talk about that today as well. But so far, the Twins are two games ahead of where I had them overall. I had them going 11-11 and in April, and they ended up going 13-9. and So there were two games up there. And then I, I mentioned I had them winning three out of four in Baltimore. They split, and then I had them winning two out of three against Oakland. And they swept. So they are even up there in the month of May at five and two. I have Houston taking two out of three this week, and I have the Twins taking two out of three from Cleveland. So that's three and three this week at Target Field where the Twins are nine and oh in their last nine. I think that's a reasonable expectation. If you get out of this week three and three, that's that's a fair outcome, I think. And then at Kansas City, I have them losing two out of three. So maybe I'm too down on the Twins, but I'm just trying to be realistic and trying to keep it in line here. But I have them going 18 and 13 in May. And if they were to do that, they'd be 31 and 22 coming out of May if they finish the month 18 and 13. But right now, overall, when I have them at 29 and 24, they are two games ahead of that projection. So that's great. That's your spreadsheet. Let's talk about the American League. Boston looks brutal. Boston, yes, having a very 2020 Twins-like season. Coming into this year, here's what we knew. The White Sox are probably going to win the Central. That's probably still the case, even though the Twins are up three games. The Sox are a more complete team. I think they're more adapt to win now. I think the Twins are winning, and I think they they have a chance to be good, and they look good so far. But overall, I think the White Sox, top to bottom, are deeper and better when they're healthy, and they're starting to get healthier. So the assumption was that they were going to win the division. For me, the focus for the Twins was – you can't have four teams make it out of the American League East. And so far, things are going well in that department. It's the Yankees, they're on fire in first, and then the Rays and the Blue Jays. If it's those three out of the East, that's fine because you have the division winner and then that's two wild cards. Boston is 10-19. But if you get all three wild cards out of the East plus the division winner, the Twins can't make the playoffs as a wild card. I was hoping that the fourth best team in the American League East with the Orioles being fifth, would sputter out of the gate and would not make the playoffs this year. And it looks like Boston is struggling and may not make the playoffs this year. Pitching problems, bullpen implosions, same thing we saw for the Twins last year. When you look out West, again, my assumption is that the Astros are going to win the West. The Angels are off to a great start. I think they're 19 and 10. They're close to the Twins record, right in line basically with the Twins. Angels have gotten out to to great starts before. I still think they lack depth in the rotation. In the lineup, I think they lack some depth. So the Twins, it looks like, will be competing with the Angels and maybe the Mariners, who are below 500 right now, for that third wild card spot. That's that's a realistic look super early in May. It's very early to be doing this, but I'm just starting to formulate you know, how likely it is that the Twins could find themselves in the playoff field. Because even when they're playing really well, it, if the rest of the league was lighting it up too, which is hard to do because you play each other in a lot of those games – but if the rest of the league was also thriving, those there was a ton of parity and everybody was playing well, then I would say, ooh, this is going to be really muddy. Even if the Twins take a couple steps back, it's going to be a problem. I look at the American League, and I think their competition for a wildcard spot, at least right now from the looks of it, it's not going to be crazy. Like I think even if they don't win the division, which I don't expect, I didn't expect that coming into the year, my expectation, my hope 
was that they would be in the race in the middle of the summer and into the late summer. You can modify those expectations now and say they started 18 and 11. They look good. The pitching looks solid. Now my expectation is they make the wild card. You know, they, they're a wild card team at the end of the year. And I think that's, it seems attainable right now for that to happen. It seems attainable, but they've beaten up on some bad teams. You have to do that. And they have a serious test this week with the Houston Astros. And for the first time, I think this year, the twins are playing a team that is also playing very, very well. The twins have been fortunate in the early going. They catch the White Sox when they're bad. The A's have lost, I think, eight in a row now or nine in a row. Came in just awful on offense. They've caught teams. Boston, bad start. Caught them at Fenway and split four games. So they've caught teams at their worst points. This Houston team is not at their worst point. Let's preview this Houston series, the biggest one of the year so far for the Twins, after this word from Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you're fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. When you use the promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off at Built.com. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. It's delicious. It's healthy. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Again, LOCKED15 at Built.com. Houston Series, three twins probable starters. Joe Ryan in the opener Tuesday. It's felt like things just have fallen in line for the Twins. It's great to flip this rotation around and get Ryan in the opener. Uh, Wednesday is going to be Chris Archer, and then Thursday is Josh Weiner. That's how it sets up right now, the probables, which, I mean, Josh Weiner's pitching the lights out. Joe Ryan has been outstanding for the most part in the early going. So I love that the rotation's flipping over. It's getting a little lighter on depth because of Paddock and Bundy, and you've had some health problems, and – you know, you might see a Devin Smeltzer activation from AAA who's been very good. But I think this team is pretty deep. I think they are because they have top prospects. You see it. They're calling up Jose Miranda. They're calling up Royce Lewis. You know, they Alex Kirloff's activated. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, where's Luis Arise going to play when he gets back? And then in the rotation, Josh Weiner comes up and just pitches super well right away. You know, and they have guys in the bullpen who pitch well. Cody Stashak, Hill, Theobar, some depth pieces in the bullpen. John Romero, when he was healthy, was okay. It's Looking like a deeper team, certainly than last year, and a deeper, maybe one of the deeper teams, at least in the division, uh, when you look beyond the major league roster. But Ryan, Archer, Winder. If the Twins can win two out of three, sounds like Justin Verlander is going to pitch in this series. I don't know what day. I don't know where, where you'd prefer Justin Verlander to slot in. I think it's going to be Jose Arquiti, Justin Verlander, Luis Garcia. The Astros are good. I mean, their lineup is super tough, even without Correa. And that's a big part of this. Is Correa back this week? Is Buxton playing in all three games? How many games is he playing in? Is he 100%? How does he look? How does Correa look with the finger? It, they're going to need those two for a series like this. You can get past the A's. You can sweep the A's without Carlos Correa. You can beat him on a Sunday afternoon getaway day for the A's without Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa. But Houston, you need your dogs for that series. You need you need Correa and Buxton, I think, for this series to give you the best chance. Of course, your two best players, you need them. This series, I think, is the biggest one so far. If the Twins can win two out of three from Houston, if they can win this series, or, I mean, my expectation is that Houston wins two out of three here because I think Houston is, is an, a superior opponent. It is at target field where the Twins have played very well. So if you can win two out of three, I think that does put the league on notice. I think that does put 
other people, other fans, you know, Twins fans see that the Twins are 18 and 11. They're like, oh, that schedule's been light. If you go and beat Houston two out of three and you're 20 and 12 after 32, I think that's – they're starting to get legitimate. I'm going to hold it back all year. I've not said the Twins are good so far, I don't believe, all year. I'm going to hold it back. If they beat the Astros two out of three, I might rip it out in, in mid-May and get a little crazy because that would be awesome. And then they have Cleveland this weekend. Again, I expect three and three. So I would temper expectations for this week because Houston is so good, but that doesn't mean – you know, that's a pass if the Twins go get pounded in two out of these three or get swept. So, like, they need to prove that they're legitimate, that they're a legitimate playoff competitor this week. And this is their best test yet against the Houston team that is one through six in their lineup. So tough with Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve's back, Cal Tucker, Yuli Gurriel, Michael Brantley. They have some role players who are solid, too, and Chaz McCormick. And, and I think overall this lineup is going to be a challenge for twins pitching and for twins starting pitching maybe joe ryan's toughest test as well thought at fenway that was his toughest test but that offense has sputtered mightily don't want to take anything away from joe he was outstanding but i think this is his toughest test for where this offense is at right now which is coming off a series sweep of of the detroit and just clicking they're just clicking and this is uh it's a big week for the twins it's it's an exciting week i think this is a an opportunity filled week for the twins and I, I think another guy who's integral is their third best hitter, Jorge Polanco, who I think is the MVP of this weekend of this weekend series. He had a two-run single today, hit the game-winning homer yesterday. Polanco defensively wasn't great this weekend, but at the plate, without Correa and without Buxton today, they need him to come through, and he has. In his last 11 games, he's been outstanding, and I think he's finally starting to click. He's getting comfortable at the plate. He's taking better at-bats. He's taking walks. He's flipping the ball to all fields. He's hitting for power, 451 feet out there to the uh, to center field, into the drink out there. Jorge Polanco, important. And then when you get Buxton and Correa back, and hopefully Buxton's close to 100% or at least can play this week, now you have Polanco clicking. So this lineup – I think their top three matches up with the Astros' top three in Altuve, Alvarez, whatever order you want to think of it as, and Brantley or and Bregman, Alex Bregman as well. I think Correa, Polanco, and Buxton can match up with any trio of hitters in the American League when they're all hitting well at the same time, hitting up to their potential, and that's exciting. Enjoy this week. We're going to talk to Arm Layton tomorrow, prospect analyst. He's going to come on and talk to us. He's my buddy, and he is outstanding, backed by popular demand. He will be with us tomorrow, and then we'll have post games. Uh, during the week. I do graduate this week, so I will keep you updated on how the schedule looks. I'm graduating Friday night. Unlikely to have an episode Friday. Uh, might might have a prospect Friday that posts a little later. I'll keep you updated on how that looks, but um, thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Lockdown MLB, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him. Sully brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Please comment, like, subscribe, Tell your friends about this podcast if you like it. If you like the spreadsheet, let me know. If you think I'm wild, let me know. Just let me know. I like to read your comments. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day and go Twins.